0: To amusement parks, the theme park design show. My name's Andrew Spawn. I'm your host, and my guest today is a very special person, a huge fan of what we're talking about today. Who are you, and what are you doing here?
1: Uh, I'm Jonathan O'Roselion, and I am here to make the coolest Bioshock amusement park in the history of the world. Which is very easy because there's none. So there are <laughs> currently there are zero. So already ahead. the
0: first is is the coolest for sure.
1: Awesome. So um. Yeah, you do stuff on YouTube, is that correct? I do. I am, I make stuff over at uh, the Make Stuff okay. channel on YouTube, uh, where I mostly do video essays, but I'm getting into just, like, it's just general creative goodness, like, just inspiring <laughs> people, go, like, just celebrating good art, cool stuff. I just talk about stuff I like, like amusement parks. Dude,
0: I, I'm so with you on that. Like, um, one of my instagram accounts that's more like my life's goal like what Mm -hmm. i'm trying to do with everything is like helping people go from being what's it say the the bio or whatever says go from audience to amateur to creator and it's like the same same idea like yeah yeah appreciate stuff and then you can actually start to do it yourself and and that makes you appreciate it even more so it's yeah art isn't just there to be consumed i think it's there to be inspirational and
1: yeah definitely Definitely. definitely it's
0: so cool i love it Awesome, man. So, what what do you like about the Bioshock series? And um, maybe, what is it, for someone who's never heard of it? We'll right. kind of assume people have played the games, but if not, what's, right. what is Bioshock?
1: So, it got a little complicated with the uh, sequel that sort of just changed what Bioshock is. But the first Bioshock <laughs> was this game where... Uh, you go into an under underwater city and it's like this city that's supposed to be like a haven from all regulation and all government and just go create whatever you want and do whatever you want and uh but that inevitably led to that city's destruction and everyone became like super powered drug addicts and you end up in that city after it's all uh been self-imploded and. Uh, and you get to fight a bunch of people with cool superpowers and stuff. And so that was the first game. Uh, and Oh, and it takes place in like 1960 or whatever. Uh, and the then with the third game, Bioshock Infinite, they're like, well, now it takes place in 1912. And it's in the sky. There's just like a floating city. And it's this city where it's like pretty much the same sort of concept of free of government and everything but uh but it's like hyper regulated where it's like we're super conservative and stuck up and uh and we worship the founding fathers and all this crazy stuff uh but it's always it's always you going to this city that's like a scientific haven uh, and it's super advanced for the time, but it's always a period piece, and it's always very secluded from the rest of the world. And you're always uh, getting shot at a bunch, and getting cool powers to use. So yeah, yeah,
0: it's it's that's an amazing description. You went into like every <laughs> part of it, but yeah, it's it's definitely a very video gamey video game. You know, you have like all these yeah. different superpowers and all kinds of like unrealistic things happen. And I mean, one of them takes place in a city at the bottom of the ocean. The other one takes place in a city in the clouds. Like those aren't real things right. but within those bizarre sci-fi video game-ish settings like they explore some really deep philosophical yeah. and political stuff like yeah these games are surprisingly deep considering mm-hmm. that they're just like video gamey video games yeah they're which, like very powerful yeah
1: yeah which didn't really those were one of the it was probably the first video game that that occurred to me because when i when it first came out it came out the day before my birthday in 2007 uh, and I had to like lie about my age to buy it at Walmart. I remember the guy the guy uh, Went out and got it out of the case and everything and in my head. I was like, oh I know exactly how I'm gonna lie to this guy. It's gonna be great. He's totally gonna buy it and uh, And he's like, oh, yeah, are you are you 17? And I was like, this is the day before I turned 16 or whatever and I was like Yep, yeah I'm a I'm a, I'm a senior Cause that's what you nice. say when you're seventeen. Yeah. is, I'm a oh, senior. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah, and, buy that. <laughs> but luckily, luckily, uh, he worked at Walmart and didn't care about his job at all. So he was just like, yes. just okay, sure, dude. As long as you get money, dude. But
0: I, I, for someone who loves like electronic departments of every store wherever we are, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to electronics. Meet you later. Walmart <laughs> is just—it's always been kind of sad back there. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, the local Walmart where I'm from, like, there was this just. Mummy of a human being working back there. She was like a hundred years <laughs> old when I was five, and she still works there in the electronics department. Oh my god! And she's really sweet, but she just doesn't know anything that's going on yeah, around. Her how and... do you keep up with? Oh, oh boy!
1: Yeah, yeah it's place. rough.
0: It's... I mean, that's, that's it'd be where a the next—that's
1: uh, where the next Bioshock's but... taking place, isn't the electronics <laughs> department of Walmart that isolated, uh, that it's free of the government and law, and it's all chaos and. Wow.
0: It's, and really it's something you can you can grasp the concept of really easy. Like, oh, yeah, an underwater city. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Let's get deep with this. Like, that's how the Bioshock thing kind of sets it up and then knocks it down. Mm-hmm. Same idea here. Like, you know the Walmart electronics department? Well, what if this crazy <laughs> political, <laughs> philosophical got the, stuff? Got the setting. It's
1: <laughs> I don't know. Halfway into the first game, maybe two thirds into the first game, there's this crazy twist, and it just breaks your brain i remember being just this 16 year old idiot that was just like i'm i didn't know video games could be just stuff that wasn't more than shooting and it was really cool
0: yeah and i mean the genre of first person shooter which technically you could say these are first person like action games or whatever but Mm -hmm. there is shooting there are guns it's a first person shooter but yeah the the storyline is so compelling
1: so another part of that same day that i bought it uh, I It was the day after it came out And all I had heard was like Everyone was freaking out about it And thought it was so good And uh so I put it in and I started playing it and it's like it starts out where your plane crashes and you're in the ocean and you're next to this lighthouse and you swim to this lighthouse and it's all dark and atmospheric and stuff but I didn't know it was a scary game so I it it did not dawn on me I was just like oh this is kind of cool like I was not expecting anything scary to happen and Mm -hmm. so then you get into this like submarine and it takes you down and then you see this like Gorgeous underwater city with like skyscrapers, but I don't know what you would call them. Surface yeah, w- scrapers, I guess. I don't know.
0: I guess, but they don't go through the surface, do yeah. you they? Know? They're like, it's, it, but
1: underwater skyscrapers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's our first ride, but uh, sea scrapers. Ooh, I like it. Uh, Thank you. But so you like, yeah. It's like I was like, oh, this is so cool. This is beautiful. I'm loving this. And then you like your your submarine like docks and like. Uh, you raise above the water and there's suddenly there's this guy there that immediately gets murdered by this like scarred face like drug addled uh, terrifying screaming woman and then she starts like sniffing you out and she's like is someone here and stuff and then like jumps on your submarine and starts attacking you and i just had to pause the game and had this like inner battle of like do am I am I gonna play this game I just <laughs> I just did the best lie in the world and acted my butt mm-hmm. off and you earned it yeah and yeah. I spent all my birthday money on this and like and I hate, I can't I'm so bad at scary games like I I'm just so bad at scary games but uh but I was like I'm just I'm gonna power through it because it's just because it had me hooked literally five minutes into nice. it and I was so oh, obsessed with awesome. it so
0: when you start talking about this from like a theme park perspective there's a lot of stuff, like, if you wanted to do, um, I don't know if you're trying to aim at the audience who played the games, you're probably aiming at, you know, a, an M-rated audience. Right. Um, but there are a lot of parts of, of Rapture, which is the under, underwater city. And what's the, the sky one's called Columbia, is that right? Yeah,
1: yeah, Columbia.
0: Yeah. Those two cities are both beautiful places. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if it was a real place, kids would be welcome there. In fact, there are kids at one point in time that live in both of those places. Yeah. Um, it's not like the location itself is, is uh, mature. It's just all the crazy stuff right. that's happened there yeah. since like the civil war, uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Not the not the U.S. Civil War. There's another civil war that happens yeah. Yeah, yeah. in Rapture, and that's kind of what causes a lot of the mm-hmm. the really crazy stuff that happens. Um. So yeah, without going into too much of the story, there are a lot of different locations mm-hmm. under the sea and also in the sky that we could explore here. Do you want to include? both of those areas you want to do rapture and yeah columbia? so
1: this is this is how this is how i imagine the entrance of the park is literally just two uh lighthouses and you pick which lighthouse you want to go to and one will send you down to rapture and one will send you up to columbia because that's how both both games start out with you go into a lighthouse and one has a submarine and the other one has like a rocket ship that sends you into the sky
0: i love that dude that's great and like obviously we don't have to actually make rapture underwater like that seems impractical i don't know how they did it back in you know the 40s or 50s or whenever that was built but for us still it's impossible really so making it just kind of feel like that you know you get into the lighthouse and then there's like a four dimensional or 4d theater Mm -hmm. that makes you feel like you're going underwater actually you know what Um, i was thinking was
1: uh so one thing you'll learn about me real quick is how obsessed I am with theme parks. Have you been on the, uh, they have at, what is it, the Sea in Epcot now. They have like a little Nemo ride. that I have
0: not. I've heard of a kind of similar ride that they have at Tokyo Disney Sea. And I'm not sure if it's based on Finding Nemo or if it's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, but... Right, I know, there's right. a really cool ride. I've watched like a ride video yeah. of, of that it took you at Tokyo Disney Sea.
1: That's actually like a better example because what they do for that is they have this. Uh, they put you down into a submarine, and then you are looking out of this like porthole that uh, you're going through this underwater area, but you're not actually underwater. All they do is they run water and bubbles up through the uh, the glass between you and this room that's like so they have animatronics of fish swimming by and stuff but it's none wow. of it's actually underwater so yeah if we could do like some sort of some sort of like map painting like force perspective where it looks like you're going into this massive city of rapture underwater but just have the bubbles coming up through the windows just totally yeah. rip off tokyo
0: dude yeah the the disney imagineers get paid a lot of money to come up with this (laughs) (laughs) i'm getting
1: paid i'm only getting paid a thousand dollars to be on this podcast that's that's the price right that's what we agree on that's
0: uh yeah that's the going going (laughs) rate. oh man i'm a very eccentric thousandaire
1: (laughs) uh um... i'd like to see the uh rapture you build with your with your thousandaire cash
0: Dude, I wanted to do a, like, a spinoff of this show or whatever, an intro to the show that was $1,000 theme parks, which is, like, just oh. low-budget country bumpkin versions of mm-hmm. theme parks, because you can do cool oh stuff for low-budget. I mean, it's not amusement parks level, where it's, like, limitless budget, limitless technology. But mm. There's this but yeah, guy in, like,
1: fun. Russia or something, I don't remember where it is, where he does, he, like... He's been building his own like theme park rides for years and years, yes. and like his own roller coasters and stuff. And I would, ones I, ones like... I, don't want to go there. It sounds <laughs> terrifying. I'm gonna die. Is there. it the
0: one where where they're like mostly man powered, like you kind of wind yeah. it up yourself? Yeah. I think that's in Italy, maybe. But yeah, I've seen that guy's attractions. Like some of them look really cool, but then again, the fact that one human being made them, yeah. I hope he has really good insurance. But uh, it, yeah, it's cool. It's like whimsical and magical, but. I don't know if it fits in this century very well. You know, right, it was right, the 1700s right. 1700s or something. <laughs> see, that's why I yeah, assumed sure. Russia. I feel
1: like you could get away with that in Russia, where it's just like, oh, yeah, no. As long as you serve <laughs> vodka there, then you're you're set. It's allowed.
0: Classic. Wow, that's great. Um, Thank you to our five listeners who live in Russia, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I see you guys on my statistics. It's exciting. Because I never played Infinite, which, mm-hmm. like you said, is a prequel set 40 years before the Bioshock. Right. Other two Bioshock games. Is there a connection there? Like, Andrew Ryan, the guy who created the Rapture Underwater area, mm-hmm. um, supposedly he, the character, came from, from Russia, wow, coincidentally, yeah, moved to the U.S., um, trying to pursue this kind of, like, liberal, liberal? No, I don't, it's the word. It, Liber, libertarian. Yeah, very, well, yeah, Ayn Rand is what the, yeah.
1: because he's Andrew Ryan, that's what, like. His name is
0: Andrew Ryan. Yeah. I, I think that's, so, I didn't notice that until, like, recently, and I was like, oh, my God, how did I not notice that <laughs>
1: yeah, years ago? yeah. Uh, Andrew Ryan. Yeah. So whatever, whatever political belief it is, where you just hate homeless people, <laughs> then that's the one yeah, he is.
0: He wants a, to build a place where the strong don't have to be concerned with the weak, because mm-hmm. he like calls the weak and you know the people who need assistance they're like parasites on society. Yeah. So he's trying to find this this place that's totally different than that. And so he built his own civilization after like the kind of socialist movement starts happening in the United States and. Um, I don't know then i didn't i didn't know if there was some connection or if he took some inspiration from comstock who started columbia right because you have to see like if columbia had happened and been a real part of our history that someone Mm -hmm. who started something like rapture might have been inspired by that right but i don't know if there's some connection there i don't
1: i i don't think they ever specifically make a uh uh connection but here's i think canonically it's like parallel universes which is something especially in like the dlc and stuff they dive into a lot is like because that's uh elizabeth the second main character in infinite she has this ability to create tears that take you between dimensions and stuff and like alternate worlds like i remember the original teaser trailer for bioshock infinite it was so cool because she opens this tear and you're in like this floating city or whatever and uh and all of a sudden, you're in uh, France, and the you're in front of this movie theater, and the marquee says like in French, uh, "Revenge of the Jedi," instead of "Return of the Jedi." So it's like some alternate universe where we got <laughs> the original title, "Revenge of the Jedi," and oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's it's so it, it's it's literally like it's statistically, there's been a universe where Andrew Ryan was inspired by Comstock, but I don't think it was ever specifically. Uh, Mm -hmm. stated okay cool but there is i like that there is like there is canonically like uh actually i think what it is is because in uh columbia they start uh taking ideas from rapture because they find a tear to rapture or whatever and uh and that's where like there's the big uh songbird this like big mechanical bird thing that's protecting elizabeth is apparently also based off of the technology that the uh the big daddies from the first Bioshock is. Yeah, uh,
0: that's the vibe I always got from that robot that yeah. robotish machine. I'm like, is there a person in there? Because it kind of feels like a big daddy where it mm-hmm. feels robotic, but then you find out over time there's actually, like, prisoners or various other test subjects that yeah. are, like, manipulated and, like, stuck in those machines. Mm-hmm. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, there's, there's Dude, always been this cool. big connection, but it's usually, like, uh, parallel universe stuff, which is something that I want to play with in one of the rides, so... Heck, yeah, man, and
0: we could even do that for the whole the whole theme park if we wanted to, like because mm-hmm. the the different places are kind of like the time periods are different, right? They're yeah. forty years apart. So putting them next door and saying you can go in this one or that one mm-hmm. doesn't really make sense within our linear understanding of time. Right. But if you know Elizabeth's powers are enabling people to yeah. travel freely between these, we can explore that
1: exactly. A kind of lot, yeah. and there's
0: there's a lot of cool storytelling stuff that can go on there. If we want to make um, an area that's like the kid park, mm-hmm. we could say, well, here is the the timeline where the civil war never happened in rapture. (laughs) Uh, you know, the good times are still going and there's, you know, still swing music playing on like every street corner. I don't know what this metaphor is, but things are happy still. Yeah. And that's the kiddie area. They can just run around and like get food and Mm -hmm. ride the little kid rides. You know what?
1: I will make the argument that, uh, that, so have you been on the, uh, have you been to the Harry Potter park? Have you... I have never
0: been there. I've uh, done extensive research on it. Right.
1: So I will I will go on record as saying uh, the scariest ride I've ever been on in my life is the Hogwarts ride in Harry Potter. Wow. It is, like, I was getting on there, and I was like, oh, I'm going to fly a broom, and it's going to be magical, and whatever. First thing out of the gate, you are face-to-face with a dragon that's breathing fire, and then... <laughs> You immediately go into the forest with the giant spider and all these spiders start coming down around you. And then right after that, there's Dementors in your face, like sucking, oh literally sucking the happiness out of you. And <laughs> and then like right after that, uh, you're back in the great hall and everyone's clapping. Everyone's like, boy, that was fun. I was like, that was the scary I don't want to, I never <laughs> wanted to meet a Dementor. What dream do you think you're making come true here? Wow. Uh, and is, so, there, is, is there
0: a storyline for that? Or is it just like, here's the cool stuff that happened in the movie?
1: It's it's literally like, like I think it's sort of that Goblet of Fire scene where it's like, uh, Harry's trying to, like, outrun the dragon and get his egg or whatever. And, like, but yeah. while you're outrunning that dragon, you run into all these spiders and dementors and stuff. And it is, it is a nightmare. <laughs> it's so scary. Like, my the, the picture, I went to see the picture after the ride, and the my face during the from the uh picture they took during the ride was just like this like terrified like gritted (laughs) teeth where it was just me trying to pretend that this is all cool and i'm not secretly just like wow just urinating all over (laughs) my pants so you know you know and it's weird because as a kid i would have loved that like i loved the even the spider-man ride scared me so much when like uh there's like scream jumps on the car and she's like slashing at you and stuff and i'm like this is the coolest thing in the world so i feel like if we're if we keep it sort of pg-13 like younger kids are gonna love that even if we keep it around like a haunted mansion level for some rides uh-huh. and stuff like it, it i feel yeah. like kids would absolutely love that
0: dude haunted mansion is one of the most like beloved classic disney rides ever and it, it's it got some pretty dark stuff like it goes some places if you dig yeah. into the lore so yeah yeah you're totally right that's a great uh source you've cited there
1: there is a dlc that is where the big crossover happens for uh bioshock infinite where it's like in yeah. an alternate dimension where you're playing your character from bioshock infinite in rapture before rapture went crazy and cool. so you actually get to walk around rapture but it is like the beginning of this civil war where andrew ryan has like sunk like i think it's like a department store he pretty much like put all the people he didn't like in a department store and like sunk it and now all the crazy stuff's happening in this sunken department store and like the rest of rapture is totally fine so i think it would be awesome to have that be sort of our world of rapture where it's just like it's not terrifying to walk around in all the time but you can just like do certain rides that get into the terrifying stuff but just being able to walk around like post or pre-collapse uh rapture and seeing all the shops and all that which actually you know what speaking of shops because i know you like uh like scavenger hunt sort of things Heck uh, yeah man i was thinking one of my favorite things about uh bioshock is the like voxophones and the different like recordings you can find in different places mm-hmm. so i was thinking it would be so cool to just have like like a phone like an app on your phone or something like you might have like at a museum or something where if you find a voxophone somewhere just like scan it with your phone and then you can hear like the recording from that and start to like piece together we could even have like uh like information on like have one guy being like oh i locked up my note to self i locked up this thing in my safe and the passwords two, three, six, eight, eighters like something that you might actually run into with the game or like Oh, that's great. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm just thinking of this. It would be so cool. So there's this part in uh, Diagon Alley that's, like, whatever the scary part of Diagon Alley is from the <laughs> books that has, like, all the, if you want to buy poisons and stuff, you go to this area. They actually yeah. have that part at the park that's, like, super tucked away. And, like, like, I barely, I almost missed it when I was there. And, like, you go wow. back in there and it's, like, this dark, shady alley where you can go, like talk to trolls and stuff but i was thinking is that,
0: uh nocturne alley yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah nocturne yeah. alley cool uh, That's i was awesome. thinking it'd be so cool if there's like a voxophone or something that was like the password to get into this place is like the uh, ryan sucks or something <laughs> <laughs> and and then like have it be that like uh old like uh speakeasy style like you yeah, someone yes. opens the thing and like what's the password and like you can go into this restaurant or shop or whatever if you found that voxaphone that Dude, gives you that That's password.
0: incredible. I love that so much and like you could have you could tell so many different stories. Like that's the one of yeah. the main storytelling mechanisms in this series is like you pick up a little like basically a snippet of audio of someone telling part of their life. And so it feels very diegetic. Like this mm-hmm. is something that you had to find. It's something you discovered and so you get a yeah. little bit more lore. But if you don't care about it, you can just breeze through and not pick up any of those. Yeah,
1: ones. it's actually a lot like, like the uh, the yeah. finding the places to use the wand in uh, Harry Potter, whereas it's, but it's yep. just like uh, some recording of some lady being like, "Hey, did you hear that? There, did you hear that? Like, if you go to this place and click on this brick, then this like uh, crazy thing will happen. What's that all about?" And then you go to that place <laughs> and click on like push on that brick, and like some crazy thing happens, and it would just be. Like, I love that. Do yeah, the, wands so the wands without the wands
0: yeah that sounds amazing like do it do it rapture style or columbia style yeah i love that so much that's super cool um and then you could like uh kind of tease upcoming new attractions like as things change out seasonally you could have like you know i heard this thing's coming to town or (laughs) or i've heard that um you know mr ryan's going to be demolishing this this (laughs) building next year or you know that kind of stuff you could like Oh, you can kind of leak out so the news. so cool to have just, like, revolving
1: <laughs> voxophone things. That'd be uh-huh. such a good way to have people, like, coming back and, like, yeah. changing stuff without actually having to put in the money to change stuff. Now that I think of it, the cool thing about Rapture would be the fact that it would be, like, an indoor amusement park. The, the, yeah, least. the whole thing has to yeah. be indoors. It would, I mean, it would crazy. sort of be like the sea in Epcot, where it's, like, pretty much an aquarium.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. And you could do um, kind of like thin aquariums yeah. to uh, take up the walls and then have a, a painted backdrop behind yeah. that. Or even like a video, a layer massive
1: like video screen backdrop or something Dude. like that. But you could yeah. totally do like, oh, it would be so cool to like make it so you're in a building and like you see like and like the backdrop would be like whatever adjacent building and then you could see stuff going on like in that building or something through the windows That's and stuff That's
0: so cool. That sounds amazing. That's yeah. going to look so cool. And like the the whole art style of of Rapture is like very art deco. Mm-hmm. Um It's just beautiful. Everything is like gilded and the fonts are really yeah. great and yeah, it's a,
1: it's an oddly, like, 20s style for a 60s place, but it's... Set in the 60s, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, That's it's true. It's gorgeous. I love that. I love that aesthetic so much. Uh-huh. Uh, and then having, like, shops that, like, because if it would be set in the 60s, like, having that sort of, the the actors that are the uh, clerks and wait, waiters and stuff are all, like, pretending like they're from the 60s in Rapture. I love that That's immersion cool. of, like... uh. Uh-huh like the haunted mansion gift shop is like everyone in there is so dedicated to uh to their craft and to that uh fiction yeah and i would just love to because that's the thing that like that's why i wanted to do this at for this podcast in the first place is i've never become more immersed in a game so immediately than these games Mm -hmm. and it never felt so fleshed out and real and like just like the fact that Rapture, like we literally described it as this like civil war destroyed like drug addict filled city, and it's just like I would love to go there.
0: It sounds <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Sign me you up. You got a point. It is it is a game where like within the first five minutes, it's like okay, I'm going to somewhere that's utterly sci-fi. It's mm-hmm. not like playing most first-person shooters where it's like maybe you're on a different continent than you're used to, but you're still on planet Earth, modern day. blah 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 like you kind of know what to expect it's like here you go underwater it's like wait 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 i've never done this except for in echo the dolphin and i (laughs) this is a first person shooter what am i supposed to do underwater (laughs) um so it it immediately takes you like sweeps you off your feet and Mm -hmm. i think the same thing will happen here at the theme park even if you've never played the games Mm -hmm. if it's like you go in this lighthouse and then you suddenly are like submerged under the water and you find this like beautiful rapture below you yeah ah oh, it's, it's so, cool. so cool and you're immediately in it like you're you're connected mm-hmm. um and yeah working in this place i feel like you would have to get into character and that would be so much more fun than just like working a regular department store it's like i work at that mm-hmm. that department store in rapture that you know um you know for this every summer it like gets halfway submerged and i uh you know get to wear like <laughs> boots to work every day um yeah, I don't know. it would add a lot to the, the employee's experience, I think. Make things a lot more fun than just, like, I'm stocking shelves. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm stocking shelves in rapture, in character. <laughs> yeah, that sounds way more fun. In
1: Bioshock Infinite, one of the first things you do is, like, you walk through this sort of fair carnival, like, area that has booths and has, like, shooting gallery games and stuff. And mm-hmm. I want us to do, um, like, a fair games uh, area, in Colombia, but make it actually fun because <laughs> i feel like because yeah real yeah real like no one wants to do green. the like oh i'm gonna throw this ring on a bottle this is the best <laughs> like you're in a city in the sky like let's do something that's like actually cool so i want to figure out how to like okay take yeah. those like amity island style like fair games and make it fun because i don't know how
0: I'm sure that one of the first things to do if if people were designing those games in a modern day with modern like game design aesthetics mm-hmm. and whatnot, those games are made to like rip you off. It's kind of like the claw game. Mm-hmm. Like those are pretty much impossible unless you go like certain places are like, here's one that you actually win. Like, Usually right. ones, if they just have candy and cheap stuff in there, right. you're going to win every time. Right. It's just designed for the player to win something, mm-hmm. whereas normally it's like designed to take your money. So I think lowering the difficulty or making them so they're not such tricks yeah. would be more enjoyable. You know, if, if you can use your like beer pong skills or whatever to actually <laughs> win something instead of like, oh yeah, but you can't see that they're all angled on the inside, so your ball always bounces out. Like, mm-hmm. If it's um, a, a thing where you can actually get better at it mm-hmm. and like win with some frequency if you're good at it i think that that would go a long way yeah um and lowering the price maybe if they're free yeah that's one way to get people to play your games a lot more instead of like Mm -hmm. hey kid come over here and play this cool game it's five dollars like wait what (laughs) why
1: the more you talk about it the more i just hate fair games like
0: (laughs) seriously i haven't done those in they're such a racket, and they're not even that fun. No. The the easiest one to win is, um, you point the little squirt gun, and you shoot it in the hole. Right. And that's a game about pushing two buttons and
1: <laughs> keeping your hands still. It's like, here, like, pay us $3 so you can throw a basketball like you do at home. <laughs> Gosh, what a ripoff. Oh, Seriously true. Uh, so one thing I just remembered about, uh, Infinite is, like, in that fair, the part of the booths are, like, uh are testing out vigors which are like the things you drink to give you different superpowers uh and so there's one that's like uh that's like possession and it lets you like control robots and stuff mechanical things so i was thinking it would be cool like if it wasn't like a you win thing but like you get to try out this superpower at this booth Mm -hmm. uh and sort of like uh we could even do something where it's like here use this possession and step up to this and like uh you know cast possession or whatever and now you can control this robot and then have it like uh uh sort of like a like a mocap thing where it's just like even like a you know almost like xbox connect technology where like you can move and this robot in front of you moves in the same way and be like oh look at that's the possession working and just like fun little games like that dude Uh,
0: so many things um (laughs) yes that's a great idea and trying out the like the like superpower things Mm -hmm. right they go by kind of different names in different Mm -hmm. in the different like worlds but um that's definitely a big part of their culture it's like kind of normal to just give yourself superpowers like that's just something like we keep talking about the kind of drug addiction thing like people have these kind of almost stem cell type things that they inject in themselves all the time and it's kind of normal it's like advertised as being for self-defense yeah um so instead of, like, carrying a gun, although you can carry guns, a lot of people can just, like, you can just, like, shoot fire or whatever. Shoot yeah. electricity out of your hands. It's, like, it's pretty wild stuff. Yeah. And it's hard to give our part guests that experience in real life. <laughs> See, that's what but I'm trying to think of.
1: You know what? Yeah. There's, there's, there's the one that's called, like, Bucking Bronco that you also get to try out in the thing where it's literally, like, everything you aim it in, like, a direction and everything in that direction, like, raises four feet in the air or five feet in the air. It would be so cool to have it as, like... uh like let's say so it's like this booth and you have the barker or whatever like step right up try this out uh and in the game it's like you have to find where the guy dressed up as a devil is hiding in this room by like making him levitate and so you could literally have it where like you know the kid like casts it in this direction and the barker there is just like hits some you know uh remote control and just have everything sort of animatronically or, like, through strings or whatever, just rise up yeah. to make it seem like you had that ability to make everything rise up. And just, like, oh, fun stuff. I think yeah. we made Carnival games cool. I think we <laughs> I think did. so.
0: And, and I think the way we could theme it story-wise is, like, um, let's imagine these, these uh, you know, plasmids, these abilities mm-hmm. are not quite to market yet, and this, this is kind of like a way of, like, maybe the uh, Carnival is sponsored by... You know, right manufacturer. uh
1: think i think think industries is the one that makes it in like Colombia and stuff in
0: Colombia, that makes yeah. sense um so we could have it like sponsored and like here's the kind of things you'll be able to do try it out mm-hmm. um here's a short-term dose or whatever and then we could kind of control it like you said it could be like an interactive connect kind of measurement thing mm-hmm. and some of these honestly are pretty simple if we're if we're relying on the user to like point their hand in a direction and then something yeah. happens in that direction you could just have a line of like infrared beams going yeah, up, yeah. and then when their hand crosses it, okay, trigger that corner over there because they crossed yeah. this point here. Like technologically, I don't think it'd be that difficult. Yeah, to it would either. be a lot
1: easier than those wands that take fifty <laughs> swings or just like furiously. <laughs> oh boy.
0: Well, it's leviosa, not leviosa. <laughs> no, that's it. So you got to get it just right. Boy, um, but I... in these, a lot of it could just be technological stuff. Like the yeah. robot, like you were saying, could basically be a smart mirror that's like. Detecting your facial features, movements, and then replicating it like like Snapchat or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you have a, a, a mirrored robot version of you that's like, oh, look, the robot's doing whatever you do because mm-hmm. you're trying out this plasmid. I would and love if it that. feels a little hokey and the adults are like, this is all fake, mm-hmm. it's a carnival and they're trying to sell you something right. in the world. So it kind of makes sense that maybe that's not how it really work, but mm-hmm. it's their best attempt to try to lure the kids in and get them to buy their, their drugs. Mm-hmm. So. So, what they're doing? they sponsored the carnival. This is why it's all for
1: by the it way, it kind of
0: fits within the world.
1: there's this speaking of that I didn't even remember it until I played it earlier today. There's this one like there's an advertisement for cigarettes for kids in Colombia at the carnival part, and I think it would be so funny to like have that as like a like candy cigarettes as like one of the things you could win at the carnival games or something.
0: I like just... that dude, yeah, just giving away like. Just like the claw game, you know, give out yeah. the free stuff, like give out candy or like stickers or like the dumb little stuff. Like mm-hmm. instead of shooting the basketball to try to win a bas- basketball jersey that actually costs the park $5 or yeah. something, it's like every time you try, you get something that costs us five cents or probably much less than that, actually. yeah. But giving out little things or even if it's just additional audio dialogue unlocks that they mm-hmm. get, like, come on, people want that. Stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. That's
0: really cool. If we're using, like, a smartphone app, mm-hmm. um, if you go to the carnival, you win the game. The carnival person in front of that game doesn't know your personal history. They don't know if you're a season pass holder and you only need one more audio log to get them all, right. or if it's your first game there. So it could just be, like, the, the person in charge of the ride or whatever. It's yeah. like, okay, give reward, and it just randomly gives you one of the, uh, oh, that'd be the missing audio logs you don't have. Except for maybe limited edition ones that you can only get in certain certain mm-hmm. attractions or whatever. But yeah, you could structure it in a way that it's rewarding to everyone, not just newbies or not just yeah, new pros. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Rapture would be good for all of our shopping stuff, yep, like I agree, fancy clothes and ridiculous stuff like that. And uh, and Columbia would be good for the carnival games and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, there's there's a nice um, difference between the kind of light side and bright sunniness, like you're literally mm-hmm. in the clouds, yeah. um, connected to the sun, versus Rapture where there is like no natural sunlight. Yeah. And that's one of the main things that, like, really early on in the lore kind of started the the downfall of Rapture was people were getting, like, really sad because they can never see the sunlight. And that's, like, a real thing for humans. Even in winter on planet Earth, (laughs) we have a lot of trouble in the winter, like, depression-wise. Living under the the bottom of the ocean, like, it would be way worse down there. So
1: um,
0: I think you wouldn't want to stay in Rapture for that long. I, I don't know if we want to replicate it totally, completely like that. Uh, make it all of it kind of dark and depressing and feel like Mm -hmm. you're actually there or be like uh, this is a rapture theme park everyone like just treat it like it's a theme park and don't take it too seriously yeah
1: i don't know i I feel like uh hmm that's tricky because i I, I feel like if yeah if i'm in like a in a way it's it it is pretty like spot on like to being in an aquarium or something where it's just Mm -hmm. like I could, I could probably spend, you know, five, six hours or whatever, uh, hanging yeah. out down there. I definitely wouldn't want to live down there, but like, <laughs> but like, I can, I can see that being like, cause I really, I really do want that feeling of like, I want to create that appearance of like, we just went underwater and we are yeah. stuck underwater and
0: dude, I agree. And, and I think if we have these two parks mm-hmm. and we're expecting each park guest to go to both of them yeah. on every visit, then that's totally fine. You know, they'll spend half their day. Getting a sunburn and half of the day enjoying the air conditioning. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's totally fair. Yeah. And the employees, maybe we'll want to rotate them out so they don't get right. seasonal depressive disorder all year long. <laughs> um, I don't know. If we put it somewhere hot, great.
1: then it's like people are gonna love being down in Rapture. <laughs> Just yeah, you're like right. you're right out of that sun.
0: And I wonder if we could have any attractions where you actually like get some water on you. There are various points where like you know uh, windows start to break and like there's um a part in bioshock 2 where you actually get sucked outside right 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 we can't right. can't do that to our park guests probably <laughs> yeah wait i was thinking Unless about we that i have a scuba big daddy's attraction, oh my gosh for the, for the listener the big daddies are the kind of mascots of the series yeah these big um they look like those old-timey um
1: it's so like a diving uh, bell scuba divers yeah the diving bell yeah. yeah
0: like the scooby-doo villain the uh um, <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah that guy the glowy that guy. face um, dude yeah But they have these huge, like, drills attached to their hands, and they're pretty cool. They make this, like, scary cry...
1: Like a uh, whale, yeah.
0: Whale call kind of sound. It's pretty creepy stuff. But they can walk around freely outside. Like, they go around, like, maintenance people, like, Mm -hmm. fixing stuff. So if we wanted to have a kind of trial uh, scuba attraction... That would
1: be really cool. We could do that. Just be, like, one of those things where, like, even where you, like, pick a random person. I remember in the... uh... In uh, Hollywood Studios, they had the, uh, like, back lot tour or whatever. And they'd have one person volunteer to pretty much get a ton of water dumped on them. So, nice. like, each for each show. I think it would be really cool for where it's just, like, <clears throat> like every, you know, hour or so, we get one volunteer to walk around outside, like, in the watery aquarium park. Wow. Uh, outside of the windows in oh. this big, big daddy uh, thing. So... So, They're not
0: even under actual water, right? They're just like in the kind of studio space, we like could, in between the matte painting and the actual attraction.
1: We could do you it either I mean? way, totally yeah. Dry. Yeah. You know what? You know what huh. would actually be pretty cool is like having it so that suit is sort of hooked up to like uh, wires, so that it's sort of walking with that like with less gravity, like it's underwater, but yeah. creating that illusion. But uh,
0: dude. That'd be really That's cool. awesome! I love that so much. Even if it's just a park employee back there who gets yeah. to play the big daddy, mm-hmm. that'd be amazing. I, be I absolutely
1: fun. want uh, Big Daddy and Little Sister as like walk around costume characters. I would, yes. I would love to get and, my picture taken with them.
0: In a way, I think that they, like story progression wise, it might be a little bit weird, but maybe not. I don't know. We maybe they'll be within uh, a certain attraction.
1: Yeah, I like, mean, maybe we I can mean, technically, the story in the attraction. I think. I think. I'm thinking back to that DLC and I think the, Uh the big daddies and little sisters were like a societal, a societally like accepted thing where it's just like, Oh, it's cool for these guys to walk around. And they were looked at sort of as like policemen pretty much. Uh So yeah, we could totally have them walking around and
0: it is kind of a cool thing. Like they're just kind of expected to be there. So yeah. And especially because they're the mascot, like you have to have them somewhere in the theme
1: park. We just have to figure out how to not get, kids impaled on that drill because that might be a <laughs> bit of a liability it's a
0: foam it's a foam drill oh, for there we the, go uh, the huggables which is what we call the big daddies that oh, stay indoors we got
1: it we got to <laughs> sell foam drills at the shops that'd be so cool dude
0: and those little um they like Cute handmade. Dolls oh, the dolls. Of the Big yeah, and there's oh. one.
1: There's one of the songbird. Songbird too in Colombia. We have to sell. Oh, it. that's
0: cool. I want those. I, I think they that. actually
1: sell those like through the Bioshock store or something. And I'm.
0: There's so a lot angry, of uh, Etsy love too. Oh yeah. yeah. If you go on. Look up Bioshock stuff on on, on Etsy. It's because that world lends itself to so much so much creativity. Like it's totally an inspirational. Yeah. Game and art style and even though it's so dark and scary and oppressive, it's still like. Captures some artistic part of the brain, I think. Every mm-hmm. for every player,
1: we have no rides. <laughs> we don't really. I think have we might rides. want some rides in our park, and full I, of rides.
0: I reckon you're right. This um, ain't this
1: ain't Epcot. We got to get some rides in here.
0: <laughs> Good point. <laughs> um, although there are plenty of uh, museums and kind of slow-paced, boring, grandparent attractions in the actual rapture we don't need to replicate it one for one you know
1: what actually i was thinking about that because i was yeah and uh that was one of my favorite levels in uh bioshock 2 was there's like this big like uh abandoned like sort of what's a good like the peter pan ride or whatever where you're just going or like the cat in the hat ride where you're going really slow through it and all this like animatronic stuff is keep keeps repeating the same movement every two (laughs) seconds and it's like so corny i would love to see i think it'd be cool if we did that but like where it's just like the history of rapture and this is how andrew ryan mm-hmm. built this but then like uh f- like s- partway through the ride it starts to get creepy where it's just like something goes wrong and there's like a what is it big sister is the thing from bioshock 2 which is like the yeah. terrifying it's like the female version of uh, big Daddy's where uh it's this scary super agile diving bell lady with like a drill and stuff and uh just like all of a sudden have it. I mean, that could be our uh, haunted mansion where it, like the ride starts to shut down and like something's attacking the ride or something like yes. that, and just get totally creepy with it.
0: Dude, I I love that, and I love the idea of kind of going from from tension to comfort and back and forth, mm-hmm. like. The main common areas of the theme park, like the shopping experiences, the dining areas, you probably don't want to be like scaring people in those areas. Yeah, exactly. Um, like threatening their life while they're they're shopping or whatever. We right. don't want to get their like you know revenue. But um, so maybe the there's like safe spaces in the middle, but then each of the attractions is like a little story vignette, and mm-hmm. not not that every single one is like a scary attraction. Right. But a lot of them are. You know, there's some dark stuff happening behind the scenes in Rapture. Yeah. And maybe this point in the storyline, like. They're, they're doing their best to kind of quell the, the rebellion and like keep things as mm-hmm. natural, as normal as possible on the surface but a lot of the attractions, scary stuff happens and yeah. things kind of start breaking and I was just picturing when you were talking about the animatronics breaking down, it'd be cool if if, you know, maybe an area is flooded, um, you know, there's, like, a cracked window, mm-hmm. and so the animatronics are, like, trying to move, and they're, like, short-circuiting, and, like, the water is getting electrocuted oh, from cool. the animatronics. Like, there's a lot of creepy, you know, rapture stuff you can do in a... It's a small world kind
1: yeah, of Yeah, you know what? Now that I'm thinking of it, I love the idea of, like, some sort of Five Nights at Freddy's thing where it's just, like... Yeah. uh Where it's, like, you know, the... You keep first of all i love the I, the tone just the idea of like the tone of like going through this f- fun sort of boring ride and then all of a sudden it shuts off and something really creepy happens and then just kicks back on again it's like sorry about the delay yes. and don't even acknowledge oh. the scary stuff and keeps going <laughs> and then like at one point like uh seeing like realizing that one of the animatronics isn't an animatronic it's actually like a big sister or something like that yeah. and Oh, it could be really fun. I was thinking, so there's this character named, uh, I think it's Sander Cohen? Let me find. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, like, he's the, uh, number one entertainer in Rapture where, uh, where he has, like, it's almost, like, hilariously absurd what he thinks art is where it's just like oh i poured cement on this person who was in agony and made them a statue and this is art and just like really absurd stuff uh and i would love the idea of like a walk through uh experience of like one of his art installations where it just like it just keeps getting more and more absurd and over the top because that's the whole point of rapture is there's no regulations he can literally just murder Mm -hmm. people and they're like oh it's for the sake of art we're not going to stop you yeah uh yeah but uh and i like the idea of like a storyline going through that where you start to realize like you might be becoming part of the installment or something (laughs) and like your life is at risk from being here and who knows that's cool but i just i love that weird uh like uh absurd hilarious tone of like um, of just terrifying things that he's doing, like, horrible, terrifying things, and he's like, oh, enjoy the show, this is my show I put on for you, and it just, like, treats <laughs> it like it's a play or something.
0: Right, he actually expects you to enjoy it. Yeah. And, uh, from, from a topsider, you know, coming from terrestrial Earth, it'd be pretty scary stuff. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot, and, um, I was just picturing, like, a way of maybe doing this, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you want to do, like, an animatronic version of him or just, like, have it displayed on screens or something. But right. it'd be cool if if it's on a, a slow-moving ride vehicle mm-hmm. and there are certain parts where you get out and kind of walk over to the next part where you get back on your ride vehicle. Right. And there's, like, a group of people. So you start out with, like, 20 people or something in the experience at a time. And then at a certain point, um, it kind of splits. The tracks kind of split, and you don't really realize it. Then the next time you get off, there's only 10 people in your group. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, like, it just keeps getting smaller until it's, like, just your car are the only people left. And then it gets I to the really that. scary part at the end, where it seems like he's going to, like, you know, turn you into the next art piece or whatever. Oh, and it'd be could so even scary, do, dude. like,
1: a thing where, like, because uh, there's the thing at the end of Haunted Mansion where it's like, oh, there's a ghost in your thing, and, like, you see the mirror, and there's, like, a ghost there. it would be so funny if they did, like, uh, something that made it look like he turned the other people that were in your party into statues oh, or something. Like, yes. some changing, like... Oh, just the ride so
0: photo, good. and then like you oh, know, yeah. Photoshop it to be. <laughs> that's really cool. Oh, I love or you that. could even just have a sculpture that is the ride vehicle with four generic people in it, mm-hmm. and it's like you know, look what happened. Uh, look at my latest piece. Um, you know, the the wax is still warm on this one or whatever. <laughs> it's that'd great. Be, no, I love that. Fun. That's
1: such a that's such a good idea, especially because it's like a way to make it feel threatening without actually like putting anyone Killing at risk anyone. or, like, thr- like yeah. coming at anyone, where it's just like, oh, guess what? There's just two of you now.
0: There's a lot of those kind of Sandra Cohen-type people. There's a lot of huge personalities mm-hmm. in Rapture. Um, and I don't know if we want to storyline, like, make sure there's a room for them in the story, because they each kind of made a, a key plot point in the the overall Rapture narrative. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we want to have walk-around characters of all of them or maybe certain employees, like, maybe they each have their own attraction right. kind of thing.
1: Um yeah, where or there's employee like a, playing even, them. Like a shop or like a little uh-huh. show. Uh now that I think there was the uh in the first game there was like the observation deck of like the surgery room because the first yes. boss you go against is like this guy who's like like is obsessed with making the perfect person through all this crazy plastic surgery and just ends up like murdering people because of it. Yes. And I love the idea of just having that be like some show you can watch where it's just like watch him perform surgery on this person and all this crazy stuff (laughs) happens during it.
0: That'd be cool if it's like a special effects spectacular. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they could even do one of those things where they pull someone from the audience and like like, set them up with some prosthetics or whatever. Oh, yeah. So it's like, here's a spring-loaded thing that's going to, like, pop out and spray blood on people, but, um, <laughs> you know, you're not actually going to get injured. And, yeah, so many of these, so many of these um, people were, like, huge entrepreneur- entrepreneurs, which, like, mm-hmm. Rapture is a big draw for, like, business. A lot of people did voluntarily go down there um, in the story. Right? It's not real, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, a lot of people have their own There's company, many worlds. So. <laughs> you're right. That was probably a different reality. Yeah. Wow. Or it could have been covered up. That's true. Could still be down there. Thanks, (laughs) Obama. I've never been to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. It might be down there. No. But a lot of these people have their own businesses, and so it makes sense for them to either have their own shop or their own company that's, you know, manufacturing stuff. If uh, Mm -hmm. Fontaine Futuristics does, like, a museum tour kind of thing or or whatever. Various. uh, There's tons of ways for those larger-than-life personalities to be interacted with. Yeah. with the general public because sure. they are kind of advertising themselves and advertising their services um in the world like in canon
1: yeah, yeah. oh that's great cool so do we have ideas for the uh Columbia Park because we don't have any rides for that yet yeah um
0: I think Songbird
1: is a super compelling character mm-hmm. creature I need a massive animatronic Songbird desperately this of is course. all I need like the uh actually you know what would be absolutely perfect is a big a big part of infinite is the uh sky hook they have all these like rails literal like roller coaster rails uh Mm -hmm. connecting all the because each building is like floating independently in the sky and they have these uh rails that are connecting all of them and there's a hook that you can get to jump on this rail and ride around uh and uh And that is just a roller coaster already. (laughs) Like, the whole thing is trying to replicate. So maybe we could do, like, maybe we could do one of those standing roller coasters, but, like, have it so you can grab up, like, just having a hook that you can grab during it to make it feel like you're holding on to that, even though it's not actually doing anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, But That's a great idea. That would be so cool for, like, uh, uh, I would love, I love those roller coasters that aren't just normal, roller coasters but actually have like a like the everest roller coaster that has like the massive yeti at the end of it but just have like a showdown with like avoiding the animatronic songbird throughout it and taking you all around uh columbia and stuff cool the premise of the coaster could like a coaster could literally be like get on songbird because we got to go to this other place and have like a big flapping songbird (laughs) flying around
0: so in in the canon, is Songbird manufactured by something? Is that are there more than one? Uh,
1: no, actually, in the canon, uh, Songbird's a bit of a mystery, just because huh. it's actually you know what? I'm some because I write comics on occasion, and I have had a Bioshock comic in the back of my brain forever that I so desperately want to make someday. Uh, cool. But the whole premise is literally like the storyline's pretty much just what i assumed songbird was but it never ended up but they never actually ended up explaining like who songbird was uh cool all they do is hint at the fact that there is a person like you see a blueprint with a person inside the songbird thing but it's just like a blueprint it's not a specific person Hmm. and then they reveal it through like a voxophone that uh that the songbird technology came from the big daddies and that's it uh so yeah so literally but songbird was just there's just one songbird and that was to protect uh elizabeth uh who has she has like this giant which i feel like that's going to be the sort of uh epcot ball or the like animal kingdom tree of the park is the massive angel winged statue of elizabeth that's floating in the middle of a columbia Columbia, that would be like a cool thing to have the rail roller coaster wrap around and stuff yes
0: oh that's beautiful that'd be awesome i love that and i like the idea of having the uh the rails kind of go in between all the different attractions Mm -hmm. and so like maybe there's different vehicles you could take if you're if you don't feel like being on a roller coaster you don't like roller coasters there's kind of like a train Mm -hmm. car that goes between them right um kind of like a cable car type of thing or you could also have a a faster coaster that goes in between them as well right Or, I don't know, maybe, like, they share the same tracks and kind of take turns operating or something? Yeah, we could have... Eh. There's
1: so much potential for, like, people movers in Columbia with those, Mm -hmm. like, rails and stuff. I would absolutely love that. I think the The, tricky thing would be, how do we... Okay, so I feel like we can't have the actual thing you're standing on moving up and down, because that would be just, like, C6 Central. Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, But I... But we need it to make it feel like you're in the the cloud, not just, like
1: so I'm, around a I'm thinking literally just have buildings that are like sort of faux buildings that are raising up and down like beside you like cool. on the yeah. on the edges to create that feeling of uh mm-hmm. it, of you're actually moving too. but i uh, like that but yeah that would that pretty much do, do it we, but let's not have it actually bouncing up and down because <laughs> yeah that would that. be horrible Talk about uh, the people really who are working in Rapture. It's like, okay, do I want to work mm-hmm. under, under the water <laughs> for six months or do I just have to be constantly moving up and down? Yeah, mostly? do I want to be
0: seasick or underwater? Yeah. <laughs> um, the other, like, thing that I, I've always, like, not always, but since we started talking about this theme mm-hmm. park, for Columbia, how do you make it feel like you're in the clouds? Like, when you look down, are we going to do maybe, like, I was thinking we could have, like, a one-foot-thick um, thing was just kind of, like, uh, some kind of artificial like clouds like smoke kind of stuff mm-hmm. moving around there um, and it's in an area where you're not allowed to walk like the parts you're allowed to walk on are like right manufactured things like actual ground items but if you look over the railing you still see like clouds and movements and maybe you could have a, a screen under there like we talked about in Rapture mm-hmm. that shows the planet Earth below you mm-hmm. you know like slowly moving yeah. or whatever that'd be pretty cool yeah I think you pull that off we'd have to be careful with the seasick thing again yeah. Um And then another thing is if you are at, let's say, the highest point a park guest can get to um, on a roller coaster and you look over and you see the parking lot in your car
1: mm-hmm. and you're like,
0: wait a minute, we're not in the sky. <laughs> um Do we want to put up like a big wall or something? You know or what? like our high coasters could be VR coasters so you're not supposed to be looking with your real eyes like a- out in the world anyway? I'm trying to think
1: if, if there's a way to do... 'Cause like there's a whole thing of like Walt Disney or Magic Kingdom is technically a raised park, but only like ten feet or whatever. Uh like they built they built the whole park on a layer so that they could build build like all of the underground systems below it to uh-huh. like go between all the different areas of the park. Uh I'm wondering if we can do that, but maybe even like three times that, like even thirty cool. or forty feet up to have that section of the park Dude, raised like that. That's great. So yeah. you could even like so from that roller coaster, it, it would just be like even... I feel like if you're hundred fifty feet in the air or something, you're, if you look down, you're going to be like, "Yeah, no, I am in the sky. It's terrifying. Yeah, you're right.
0: And even on a re- regular ro- roller coaster that goes up high, you mm-hmm. feel like you're really high in this. Yeah, you're you're totally right. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Because I was thinking about putting up a wall or like a whole like yeah. dome thing, and I'm like, no, that's not very realistic. If we can just have the real sunlight and real mm-hmm. clouds, like and that'd be we so could much more.
1: Interesting. Totally do like sort of fog, like constant fog machines or something like uh-huh. these machines to make it feel like, especially having that at the bottom of the 30 feet there so you can like look over Uh and it's just like sort of like a moat of like mist or clouds or whatever uh yes but yeah I I definitely I definitely want it to be sort of have that sunlight and have that outdoors because that's gonna feel really cool
0: yes that sounds incredible um I also like the idea of doing a another museum kind of thing up here with Mm -hmm. like Comstock and like the origins of Columbia Mm -hmm. um I don't know yeah and then The Carnival, I think that kind of uh, fair type Mm -hmm. atmosphere would be really cool, like Barbershop Quartet.
1: All of their songs in that universe are, like, covers of contemporary songs or, like, songs that are, because it takes place in 1912, but there's, like, here's a weird, like, Creedence Clearwater revival song or here's, like, a Tears for Fears cover, and it turns out, like, the guy who writes all the popular songs has, like, is near this rift that he can hear songs from, like, Alter, uh, uh, alternate timelines and stuff And so he's actually like stealing songs From the future So yeah the the riffs you were just talking about Is definitely mm-hmm. something we should
0: explore And so this musician Is he just near one that's like naturally occurring Or is that something that Elizabeth had created there's, Or like how does that whole thing
1: work I think there are like Yeah I think he, he had a rift in his like house That just stuck around There's one voxophone about it Where you like can get into his house And find that but there's like But even while you're walking around, like I remember walking into this like blacksmith place or something and there's just a rift there and you walk up to it and you can hear the uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival song in it. And it's just like, whoa, that's super weird. And then it shuts really quick. And then later you hear uh, like a kid singing like a blues cover of it. Uh, And so I guess it's just like people like these rifts are randomly opening up. And people are just hearing these songs, which, good on them for being able to transcribe a whole song after hearing it once, but... Right? <laughs> He's uh, a professional. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's... there's It's such a cool excuse to do that stuff. Uh, but yeah. actually, you know what? So, my favorite... Uh, my favorite ride type of all time is the... Uh, the which universal has been leaning into hard and i love them for it is the uh dark ride that's like part 3d part roller coaster all indoor and part like uh simulation where uh-huh. the spider-man ride changed my life as a kid i was never that was <laughs> like the I've, I've not felt that level of happiness and amazement ever since uh and uh But so what it is is like it's all indoors and you put on these 3d glasses and it's like you they built like New York City in there And it's like you're going through and it's like oh you look at the screen and everything on that screen is 3d and it's like Doc Ock's coming at your face with like a fire and like everything gets hot and stuff and it's so cool and uh, with those screens they can make it so like you can have all these transitions into different areas and stuff uh, and it feels like you're moving, but you're not. Uh-huh. So what I was thinking was it would be awesome to do a ride like that with uh, where like you're with Booker and Elizabeth or whatever the is happening, and on some uh, mechanical whatever thing that they've built, and uh, or even on the back of Songbird or something. But uh, have it be like this chase in this like dark ride where elizabeth is opening up all these tears that you keep traveling through uh to get away from these people and uh and so like throughout the course of the ride you're going through all these different dimensions and uh all this crazy stuff where it's just like you go into this tear and all of a sudden an ambulance is about to hit you and you're in like the 80s and then you fly through another tear and then like oh you're like uh 100 feet in the air and you start dropping and all this stuff and just the idea of like a dimension hopping dark ride just sounds like the most fun thing in the world for me. Dude. Oh, you know what? Yes. And I just realized that's pretty much a thing in the uh, original Hanna-Barbera ride simulation ride at Universal. They had it where you are really? like, yeah, you were jumping through. It was like, oh, you're in Scooby-Doo world now, and you're going through this haunted mansion. But that was like just a simulation, like you sit in a car and you look at the screen, sort of thing. But that was uh-huh. pretty much the plot of that ride too. <laughs> so that, but cooler, I guess.
0: That sounds awesome. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, it's a shame I didn't know about that ride when we did the Hanna Barbera episode, or else oh, I really? could have yeah. referenced that. But I literally didn't know about that ride. Yeah,
1: no, that was that was classic. I think they replaced it with like some Jimmy Neutron, like uh, Nickelodeon oh, ride. Uh, I'm sure it's like all minions <laughs> now, but it was pretty cool dude, back in the day. That idea is super great, though—the dimension hopping kind of thing—and mm-hmm.
0: you could you could do so much with that from a storytelling perspective and like switch things out every once in a while. Yeah, I feel that's like that really would be our cool. like
1: uh, our like big ride. Like that's our right hallmark. That's what you put on the commercial, Right. Mm-hmm. dude. That's
0: that's amazing. And uh, with the that style of attraction, I think would work well using like the skyhook and like you said like mm-hmm. that's the one where you fall on songbirds back and stuff mm-hmm. where you can like really change the mode of conveyance mm-hmm. um either yeah do doing that or a vr roller coaster mm-hmm. where physically you're moving on this roller coaster in this pattern but there's a story reason for that it feels like you know you're being you're sliding along the like skyhook and then you start falling and then you land on sky on songbirds song birds back mm-hmm. and uh yeah all that kind of stuff you can add story reasons for why the roller coaster is going through these different movements yeah. I, which I'm, i really like that we mm-hmm. don't want to do too
1: many of them but right i, I think it'll work See, really well here. i'm i'm so obsessed with like the thing i love about theme parks is like the narrative throughout it yes and me so, too so even like waiting in line and stuff like i just love every everything <sighs> where it immerses you more. After they changed up the like setting, I'm yeah. I they need to do that for every game now. Like I have that I expectation so. for it. Do you have mm-hmm. any ideas mm-hmm. of like where they could put it?
0: I think the next one should be I like the idea of the moon a mm-hmm. lot. Mhm. Um the surface <laughs> of the ocean would be interesting as well. Right. Like um you know maybe the remnants of let's say there was an under underwater volcano or whatever. The rest of Rapture got destroyed mm-hmm. and kind of like floated up to the surface. And oh. then big daddies have started to like reconnect them together. So there's like this huge mess of just crap, like this <laughs> fallen civilization oh, forming great. this floating island. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you could uh, really do much from there, but I that's always, one idea or the
1: moon. My, my, because for me, the criteria is like, it has to be super isolated, like cut off from the rest of the world. Uh, yep. And it has to be, a period piece uh or just another time it can be future or past uh yeah but uh but also like feel very like ahead of its time <clears throat> for whatever time that was uh uh-huh. and the one idea that i've always been like begging for since infinite came out was uh <clears throat> 1980s on a satellite like just a, a satellite city in the 80s and have that 80s aesthetic because that's honestly that sounds pretty cool like the, but I really actually now that you mentioned Surface of the Moon, that also sounds <laughs> amazing.
0: It's pretty isolated and desolate, and mm-hmm. uh, you could set it during the same time as Rapture. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, Ooh, it, yeah. you could have like radio oh, yeah. communications, and then you
1: could go with that totally different nineteen sixties aesthetic of like the uh-huh. space travel, like bizarrely Jetsons modern, looking. like yeah, everything's all yeah. like white and glass. That, that sounds cool. Awesome. So, That's. Yeah
0: cool idea yeah i'm excited to see what they do with this series but oh man once they okay so let's say the the big reveal trailer happens for the new bioshock game Mm -hmm. we could immediately put in circulation in the um the like uh tearing rifts in reality attraction oh there's immediately a new one that's rolled out to be like a preview of the coming attractions in there Be pretty cool how cool
1: would it be to have like if the first teaser for a new game was in those voxophones where they started hinting at the oh new my location God. and stuff. Where like, yeah. I heard, I saw this rift and it was like, seemed like it was out in space or something. Like, <laughs> just really. That'd be
0: so cool. <sighs> and even, even just do that. Like, tease possible locations that you're thinking of. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever the, the design team puts on the whiteboard when you tour their office. Like, yeah. put that in an attraction somewhere or a voxophone thing. Yeah i love that and, and it'd be really cool be like yeah it doesn't even
1: have to be a bioshock game like it you could you you could expand that universe within the park and be like hey this is bioshock canon now and yeah. like they'd be dumb not to make timeline. a game out of it but like yeah just yeah. do it's like okay we're gonna have a, a satellite expansion now but that's not canon how dare i
0: <laughs> it'd be fun if um you did some like Maybe really cutting edge rumor releases through the Voxophone things, and let's mm-hmm. say the rest of them save to your mobile device so you can go back and listen to them later. Mm-hmm. Those ones are just gone after you listen to it once. Oh, that'd so it's be like great. really like cool That's limited some edition things. stuff right there. Yeah, right. You try to post it online to like share it, like you have been doing with all the other interesting ones, mm-hmm. and it's like, wait, where'd it go? That that new one? It's not <laughs> <anything>. <laughs> that'd
1: be so good. I would love that. Just that idea of like uh, the fact that people wouldn't believe you. Like, that would be mm-hmm. so, like, 1990s <laughs> of just, like, like, yes. oh, yeah, I did this thing, and then this happened, and everyone's like, no, it didn't.
0: This sounds like a couple of really cool parks.
1: I'm totally down for it.
0: I, I'm so excited about this park. I really
1: want to go. I'm, um, I'm sincerely angry that I can't go to this uh, yeah, park. Yeah, seriously. I have, and- I have such a love for the bioshock franchise and it just uh, bothers me at this point because it's like <laughs> i think of where i want the next game to be the we mm-hmm. can't have that that's not gonna happen anytime soon think about how awesome this comic i want to make is i'm not right. that's not gonna happen and now i have this other thing to add to the list of bioshock things that i love that don't exist Ugh, oh, that boy. is
0: really rough i guess all we can do is just keep playing the game and make sure you've downloaded all the dlc and
1: <laughs> until until they're a consuming. multi-trillion dollar franchise yeah to make this i game, mean or this
0: go buy some plushes on etsy support yeah. the community but i think that yeah a franchise that keeps getting this much love is not going to die yeah. until it's really ready to die and i yeah. feel like this one's not
1: i mean that's the fact that like the the original is so good like it wasn't like a it wasn't really the fact that it was novel or anything like you go play that game now and it's just like it's still hyper immersive and the world is so fleshed out and uh and the story is so good like it doesn't matter how bad those graphics get it's still going to be just super good so it's like such a good foundation to build anything off of so yeah i'm hoping it sticks around
0: and nice. I, I'm hoping that in 15 years, this is what, like, English literature teachers are doing. Like, okay, kids, you have to go play oh, I would love the that. Bioshock series this summer. That's <clears> your summer homework. Light. Yeah, because, uh, I, I mean, video game, like, it's just another way of writing it. Because I was going to say, if Bioshock had been a novel, mm-hmm. it would not necessarily be, like, a classic, but it would be really compelling. And, like, it's, it's really cool how many huge, like, pole kinds of characters there are mm. with their own internal logic and they're all flawed in various ways but like it's really cool to see how they interact with each other and how they kind of try to form society in their own image yeah it's really cool it's basically you know what would happen in a, a world where these people are allowed to to thrive without having to worry about you know the parasites and have to worry about the yeah. government and yeah. religion and i would it's, it's i would recommend
1: a bioshock book over any ayn rand book any yes. time. The fact that it's, I like, think... actually like, oh, yeah, here's this exact same philosophy and here's how it gets everyone here it murdered. <laughs> and right? <insane. laughs> and I also kind of, like, um, this kind of is, like, referencing the
0: utopia land we did a few episodes back, mm-hmm. but it's, like, any, any political ideology, if you completely take that, there's huge flaws with it. Like, mm-hmm. no, no individual concept will work like that. Mm-hmm. So, it's just cool to see a world where so many people are allowed to fully, um, maybe not perfectly, but really, really try to get their own vision to work and right. how they interact. It's it's so cool and so compelling, it and it, it's just a, way, a newer way of examining human thought and intention and how the real world actually kind of makes everything all messed up.
1: Yeah, you know what? Yeah. I think we've displayed a very thorough understanding of Bioshock to the point that we would be we would be totally qualified to write some sort of comic book about it or something. <laughs> so if anyone out there is listening that would might that might yeah. have that kind of authority to greenlight that. Mm. I think we proved our stuff. I think that yeah. we should be on a very I, short list right now.
0: I would do almost any job that needs done at, at BioShock Infinite worlds. <laughs> like I would be a custodian. Oh I would be gosh. installing the aquariums. I mean, look me up. It's at Spontaneous Social. I'll be on social whoever media. they're
1: performing terrible surgeries upon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Or I'll be be the outcome of those surgeries. (laughs) I'll be the
1: guy they swap out at the end. It's like, look at the monster (laughs) we need.
0: Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for being on. This was a magical and spooky experience. Absolutely. Um, So, make stuff on YouTube. Where else can we stalk you on social media? Uh,
1: At Jonathan Oscar, J-O-H-N-A-T-H-O-N-O-S-C-A-R. Boy, I have a dumb name. Uh, On Twitter. That has just about everything. Go check out my pinned tweet for any. I have some comics I made on there. Link to the channel. Uh, but yeah, go check that out. And go check out your channel. I just dove into Aww. your channel. And I have been Thank absolutely you. loving it. And it is what Aww. I am all about. All the love for creativity in this podcast is so good. So Thanks, man. Keep that up. I'm loving it.
0: I appreciate that. Thank you so much.
1: You you have an amazing
0: title for your YouTube, like just make stuff.
1: Oh yeah, I want it as like, broad as possible, on. so I can just do whatever I want now. Dude, so good. your well, is, yours is great because I don't know what it means. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what Yeah, it's it is. Kuyomi, like,
0: but yeah, it's just it's just like my creative brand or whatever. Because I don't know, it's, it, I wanted it to be bigger than just Amusement Sparks. Yeah, so I do have right. other creative projects coming in, coming down the line. Um, but yeah, that's the home for Amusement Sparks on. On whatever it's called, YouTube, um, <laughs> that, that look up Kuyomi. Insane. Also, Amusement Sparks is kind of annoying because whenever you type it in, uh, the search engine assumes you made a typo and you meant yeah. Amusement Parks. Yeah. So well, get,
1: if you search... Look up Make Stuff on YouTube, and I'm sure I am a good three pages in on that one. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of making of stuff on YouTube. Right. So there uh, are the drawbacks. It's kind of hard
0: out there. But that's why social media is so good. Like, Go to somewhere else, you can just click the link. Like, yeah. Come on. it's much easier that way cool Cool, cool, cool. Uh, that was great thank you so much for your time thanks for being on and uh, hopefully I'll, I'll catch you at Infinite Worlds man yeah see you there awesome man this really made me want to go back and play Bioshock oh, it's so and good. I've never played infinite so I should probably yeah. get that by now um,
1: honestly I'm I'm one of the people that does game like if there's a game that I just really love the story in the world I will just play it on easy like go back through it uh-huh. and play it on easy every time and just like yeah it is it's such a good game for that but that's uh, awesome but yeah it's it's so fun and immersive and then you will definitely you'll be even more angry about how this doesn't exist because it is <laughs> It really should.
0: I might edit some of this into the conversation because this is how good, good chatter. You. I'm so sorry, I, mean, I don't confidence, have confidence. Right. Oh. I <laughs> never mind.
1: I, no. <laughs> how, now every.